today and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Thank you. How good is God? Hey, unbelievable. It's going for a run this morning and... Uh, the friend of mine, Dwayne Potter, and we were running along. We did the Tanglewood track. I don't know if you've done it. And then running back along the coast track in the most, one of the most beautiful places in God's creation. And we're talking about family and praying with our kids and, and, you know, and health and life. And I'm thinking, man, how good is God? How privileged are we to know God? Hey, what, you know, I think sometimes in life we've got to take a moment and just say, Wow, this God we serve, he, he's, he's pretty fantastic. And uh, he's a blessing to us, and he, and he never stops being a blessing. And sometimes when you forget, you've got to actually stop and take a look around. You've got to look at your, at your family. You've got to look across this church and go, wow, there's some pretty amazing people here. And there's one reason that we're all here. There's only one reason. is because God sent his son to earth so that we could be free and and you know christians christians seem kind of crazy don't they but god he's great you know i mean when i look at my life and some of the things that i say and do people must look at me and go what is wrong with that guy you know his life's such a contradiction and a hypocrisy one day he's he's giving his wife a hard time and the next day he's he's saying nice things about her you know god is he's he's doing a work in our hearts isn't he hey he's always at work Jesus says, I'm at work and my father is at work. And they're, they're always doing something in your life. And it's a privilege to call ourselves the sons and the daughters of the king of all kings. I just want to remind you this morning, that's who you are. You're not, you're not your job. You're not the, the partner of your husband or wife. You're not, the, you know, you're not that business person. You're not that, that athlete. You're not that, you know, that whatever you are, whatever you think you are. That's not who you are. You are a son or you're a daughter of the king first. And then there's all these other things that happen in your life. But what makes you amazing, what makes you, uh, what makes you significant, is that you're related to that guy who's so good. Amazing. It, you know, it's, it, it's interesting coming to church. You know, we, we, we heard a, a, a prophetic tongue by Jody this morning, and then we heard it interpreted in song by um, Janine and what an amazing um, what an amazing tongue and amazing word and some you know some you go oh that was a bit odd um, we serve we serve a God that we don't completely understand I don't know about you but I'm going Lord what what's what's with mosquitoes hey you know I ask him that regularly I was, and and you know who knows I don't know he's, he hasn't answered me yet but uh, and but he does things that we don't understand and this, you know, this morning we heard a tongue. You go, I don't understand that. And then he gives someone else an interpretation. And you know, God, you know what he wants? Do you know why he does that? It was interesting that the tongue was different. And, and then the word explained not only what the tongue said, but how God operates. Because it was about surrender, wasn't it? We need, the first thing we need to do is to surrender to this God that we don't completely understand. Who's, he says, my ways are bigger than your ways. 
you know, my, my, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, he says. We've got to, we've got to understand this God we serve is greater. And we're going, to, we're going to hear and we're going to see and we're going to do things and we're going to say things that are beyond what we think we can do. Have you ever said something and go, man, that was unbelievable? I said that. Hey. Every now and then I'm preaching and I'll say, you know, I'll say something like that was fantastic. You know what I mean? And uh, the, I know, when I think that, I know that uh, God is here because... Um, you know, as a general rule, it's just me speaking, and I apologise for that. But, but uh, he's at work, and uh, Chris and I had the privilege of, of, uh, of uh, having a Christmas party with the Gregson and Waite uh, family last night down at, um, down at Aussie World. They hired out the whole of Aussie World, and we were down there with, it was Kristen and I, and everyone else was, was either an undertaker or a mortician. And uh, you can imagine it was a barrel of laughs, and... Uh, no wonder they needed to hide out a theme park to, uh, to entertain them. No, just kidding. What an amazing bunch of people. Hey, we, 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 uh, these guys, they, we own this, if you don't know, we own this property out and they lease it off us. And uh, they are, um, they're an amazing bunch of guys. And guys, they're an amazing family and they, they love people. Hey, they, don't, they don't do funeral services, they just love people. And, and you go, you know... If you, if you interact with these guys, they just bless you. It was a real privilege to go and spend some time with these guys and you know, joke, about, joke about undertakers and morticians. But, uh, but God is good. Hey, he's at work everywhere. He's at work you know, as we transition into this life and he's at work as we transition out of this life. And uh, wherever you are, God wants to bless you and it's important that, that you understand that God is a benevolent God. He's not... He is not a God with the big stick. He is a God who loves you and wants to see greatness in your life. He wants to see you blessed. He wants to see you fulfilled. And he wants to take, you know, he wants to do more than you can even imagine. So we've got to step into this life that we live knowing that the God we serve is, is more into us than we're into us. Hey. I want to have a good life, but he wants me to have a sensational life that, that where people are blessed through me and that I'm blessed at the same time. And, uh, so I just want to encourage you this morning as we, as we consider the, this further into these ways of God that, that you know, like, that, like the prophetic word said this morning, as we surrender, you know, as Janine was saying, he refines us. It begins with a surrender and then he refines us. And as he refines us, we experience his greatness and his goodness and we walk and then we walk in his authority. But it always begins with surrender. When you turn to the person next to you and say, surrender to me, no, to God. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. Next year, next year, uh, we just to just to let you know, this church is uh, taking on the Pomona Church, uh, and uh, out in Pomona, the, the pastor out there, Joy Starr, after 12 years, she's turning 72 this year. Uh, she's been the pastor out there for all well, those years. She's retiring, and we're going to take on that church as an extension service of here. So on Sunday afternoons, we're going to run a second service out there. So if you're interested in in joining with us on that. Uh, it'll be a great opportunity to, to, um, to do something fresh in your life and in your ministry. If you're, if you're someone who's, who's, um, who's, who's looking to engage in a new thing, it's gonna, we're going to have a lot of fun. And, you know, it's a small church. There's only 20 or, 20 or 30 people out there um, right now. And you know, what I, you know what? This is what I say about church. 
what happens in church, if, if, it, if it, real church can happen in a thousand people or can happen in ten people, and anything that you think is church that can't happen in ten, that can happen in a thousand, that's not church. Because when God is in the midst and people are, you know, are, are, are worshipping and praying and praising and discussing his ways and being set free through ministry and that, that's church. And I want to encourage you, sometimes we need to experience church at different levels so that we can see what God is actually about. And uh, we don't want to have a, a relationship with an event or a meeting. We want to have a relationship with the King of all kings. That's what I want. So, uh, you know, if you can, give, give, let me know. And, and, you know, we're going to take a team out there each week and we're going we're to bless this community. We're going to encourage them. We're going to build them up and we're going to, to um, do some life with them. Hey. We're going to do some life with them. See, what we're talking about right now in, in, in this current series is brotherly kindness. And we said last week that the f- brotherly kindness is, is simply the fruit of the revelation of our spiritual family. First thing we need to do is we need to recognize each other as our brothers and sisters. And then once we recognize each other, then we can bless them, then we can love them, then we can be kind to them in a way that, that uh, is fruitful in their life. You know, first we recognize our family and then we acknowledge them through our actions. I think last week we talked about, uh, uh, you know, we acknowledge them in, I think it was in Colossians, Colossians 3, talks about we acknowledge them through mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering and forgiveness. Or you could simply say, well, whatever Christ has given me, I will give you. Freely we have received, freely we give. Earlier this year, Kristen and I were in a, in a little community called Castel Gandolfo, which is on the outskirts of Rome, and uh, it's, where the, it's where the Pope's summer residence is, is and uh, our family live out there. My, my cousins, uh, my Italian cousins live out there, and, and uh, um, we went out and spent some time with them, and uh, many of these cousins I had either only ever met briefly or hadn't, some of them I hadn't met at all. And uh, here we are uh, out there, you know, catch the train from Rome out to their house and, and we're spending some time with, uh, with this family who we know we're blood related, but we don't, we're, we're, re- we're related, but we don't have relationship. Do you get what I'm saying? We're related, but we don't have relationship. And I want to just encourage you this morning that when we add brotherly kindness to our lives, once we've recognised that we're related then we need to go through the process of making it a relationship. You see, when, when you look across from this side over to the other side of the church, you know what, you guys are related. Says Kat, Kat, Catherine over here, you know, you're related to Wayne over here. Now, why don't you two right now go and have a coffee and turn it into a relationship? I'm just kidding. You can if you want. But you'll miss some amazing words that I hope, praying that God will say at some point through me. And I want to encourage you this morning that, that, that you know, God wants us to shift from simply seeing ourselves as related to being in relationship. And, you know, the first, they say the first sense of belonging that people experience is this thing called the public sense of belonging. When you come to a meeting together, you, we, we are all connected because we're, we're, we're at an event together. It's what they call a public belonging. And then when we, when, then when we walk outside the door and we go and have a cup of tea after, after um, the service, you know, we step into the next level of belonging, which is what they call social belonging. 
And then you might join a home cell. And in a home cell, you know, you might discuss the scriptures and talk about things and, and, and about the things of life and things of God. You know, then, we, then we step into this thing called a personal sense of belonging. And then we, then we finally, uh, finally have maybe one or two people in our lives that we just bear our soul with. And we say, look, this is who I, this is who I am. This is, my, this is the challenge and this is the joy in my life. And, you know, it's, it's so close to my heart, I can't reveal it with, to too many people because I don't want it to be crushed. And we call that the intimate sense of belonging. See, God wants to take us on a journey. He wants us to experience the transition from simply being related to each other to being in relationship with each other. And it's called adding brotherly kindness to our lives. You know, we spend time, you know, the, the majority of the uh, um, time that we spent with our family revolved around eating. And you're in Italy and you're eating, it's always good. So we, we, we would go to their house, everyone would come together and we'd eat. And it was just a magnificent time. And at some point there, I, I would, must have shared something about cycling. There was a great cycling event on in Italy at the time, the Tour of Italy, the Giro d'Italia was on. And, and my cousin, Alessandro, he, said, he hears me talking about cycling and he says, you must let me take you to one of the days of the, of the cycling event. I said, no, no, it's four hours away and, and uh, it's right up on the top of this ski village in Rocorasso. And, and anyway, he says, no, we're doing it. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. And this, my cousin who I'd met days before, this guy, I'd met him days before, barely knew him. He's, he puts his business on hold, jumps in a car with his wife and, and, and uh, Kristen and Arabella and myself, and we drive for four hours down to Rocarasso. And when we get there, the cycl- we, re- we find out the cyclists are still seven hours away. So we get up to the top of this ski village in the middle of summer. So there's nothing hap- nothing's open, nothing's there. There's all this infrastructure there, but the bikes aren't there for seven hours. So we need to sit in Rocarasso for seven hours with my cousin who can barely speak English. He speaks English a little bit better than I speak Italian, and his wife speaks nothing at all. And uh, we were related, but it was a real battle to have relationship. And uh, so Alessandro, he was, you know, him and I could communicate quite well because we, you know, we, I could understand a few of his words. He could, you know, we spoke quite well. Kristen and Laura, who's, who's, uh, who's his wife, they had nothing. And they were on their own all day with Arabella. Seven hours, Kristen and Laura and Arabella just bonding over Arabella and just saying, oh, look at that, you know, oh, you know, and they're pointing and laughing, doing all these things. But, and it was, and then, then there was a moment in the middle of the day Chris and I, you know, thought, oh, lunchtime, we're looking around for, some, for something to eat. And Laura says, ah, panini. And Kristen goes, oh, I understand this language that you're talking. You know, panini. And, uh, you know, pomodoro, which is tomato. And, you know, uh, buffalini, mozzarella, which is, you know, prosciutto. You know, and we go, wow, these are words that we can bond over. And, and uh, anyway, so she opens her bag, pulls out these, you know, amazing, you know, Really, they're just, you know, they're just sandwiches with bread and cheese in them. But pulls them out, and it was, it, was, it was just beautiful coming together. No one was talking, but we were all smiling at each other, and we were having the time of our lives. Arabella was playing, and, uh, and uh, we went. We were transitioning in that period from being related to having relationship. And uh, it all comes down to time, doesn't it? 
And I just want to suggest to you this morning that this is what God is calling us to do. He's calling us right now to add to our faith this thing called brotherly kindness. He wants you to shift. He wants you to make a shift in your life and you, and you make that shift by starting to build relationships. The first thing you need to do is recognize people that you're related to and then you build relationship in that space. You see, we need to have something in common. We need to have something in common and in this room we have something in common and his name's Jesus Christ. This is what we need to form a relationship we need something in common, and, and that is what we have in common. So let's look at Acts 2, 46. Simply says this. This is, you know, this is just, just after the, the, day, the, the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people were added to the church, and he says this. It says, So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness, and simplicity of heart. With gladness and simplicity of heart. I want to suggest to you today that we see this, this, the, the simplicity of outworking this brotherly kindness at the dinner table more than we see it anywhere else in life. I want to encourage you that your dinner table at home is the place where you can add this better than anywhere else in your life. I think Jesus revealed the kingdom of God to us um, around the table more than we more than we realize so much of his ministry was around was around meals and you think about you think about um you know he ate a meal with levi the tax collector he fed the five thousand fed the four thousand he had a few uncomfortable meals at some pharisees houses he had a meal with another little tax collector named zacchaeus who he found up in a tree there was the last supper and then he, after he was resurrected, there was, there was um, you know, on the Emmaus Road, he bumped into those two guys and they said, hey, come and have a meal with us. And as he broke bread with them, isn't it amazing? After his resurrection, they didn't recognize who he was. But as he broke bread with them, who he was was revealed to them. I want to suggest to you this morning that as we break bread with each other, that God is going to do business with us. He, he, you know, he wants us to. He wants us to connect at that level because, you know, because he's, it's in that simple place. It's around that common meal that we see great things happen, that we see trust established and and uh, differences resolved. And and I think God wants to do. He wants to do some business with His people, and He wants to do it over a meal. Isn't it interesting that in Psalm 23, you know, he talks about the enemy being around you. Where's God? Where's God? What's he done? He's prepared a table for you in the midst of your enemies. This God that we serve wants to do some business with you around the dinner table. He wants to do, and he, you know, his two, the two great commandments, I love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So he wants us to have communion with him and he wants to have communion with each other and he's created a perfect space for us to do it. What a great God we serve. It makes it so simple. Sometimes we can, we, can, we can create complexities around our faith so that we can make our decisions on earth seem more acceptable. And I think sometimes he wants us, he wants us to get the revelation of relationship so that the, the complexities of our faith don't get in the way of the core of our faith, which is loving God and loving people. The Old Testament 
is full of feasts. The law, the, the law that, that, the, that, the, um, that the Israelites followed in the, in the Torah, you know, the 600 laws of the Torah was full of these feasts and they were part of the law. And isn't it interesting that Jesus came, what did he do? He came and he fulfilled the law. How did, and, and, and a lot of the law was around feasts. These, the reasons, and he, Jesus did what Jeremiah spoke. He took the law out of the off paper, out, you know, off, off, off of the stone or off of the papyrus or wherever it was written, and he put it in their hearts. And he said, I want to do the same around meals. He said, I don't want to force you to have a meal once a year. He says, I want you to naturally open your, ta- open your homes and open your table to people to have a common meal with them. It's not something that he demands of us. It's something that he wants to be a desire in our heart. He wants to stir our hearts around these things. Even the second coming of Christ, in, I think it's in, in Revelation 18 or 19, talks about the wedding supper of the Lamb. Everywhere we look in this life of Jesus, he's eating. Praise the Lord. I think we need, to, we need to learn from the meals that we read in the Word and we need to, to allow them, you know, the festivities of the, of, the, of the law were about celebrating the goodness of God, celebrating getting out of Egypt, celebrating getting into the promised land, celebrating this, celebrating that. And, the, and, and you know, there's something, about, something joyful that we see when we gather around the table. First thing, though, is we need something in common. What's in common? But, the, you know, we read in Acts 42, just before that, what, that verse we just read, it says they had all things in common. What did they have in common? They were all sinners saved by grace. When you look around this room, the one thing we have in common is we have, we're all sinners saved by grace. The one person we have in common is Jesus. The one thing we have in common is that we're all saved by grace. Here's this, here's, let me give you a clue on how to, how to see the commonality with each other. Now, I live in Doonan and it takes me about between 10 and 15 minutes to get from our house to the beach, depending on who's driving. And 10 if it's Kristen, 15 if it's me. Now, I know some other people who live like the beautiful Robin, who who we celebrated the amazing work she did. She lives um, two minutes walk from the beach. And uh, I see her down there walking, little Harry, is it Harry? Harry, the little dog. And uh, um, she walks from home. I have to drive down there and then go for a run. She just walks from home, goes for a walk, and then walks home again. It's beautiful. So when I compare myself to Robin, you know, she's 13 minutes closer to the beach than I am. Well, it takes me 15 minutes to get there. And it takes her two minutes to get there. But here's the thing. I've got some family over in WA and uh, when I go to WA, you know, it takes me an hour, hour and a half to drive to the airport and then five hours to fly over to, to WA. It takes Robin an hour and a half to drive to Brisbane plus 10 minutes for her because she's on the other side of town now and then five hours to fly to, to Perth. So it takes me, you know, six and a half hours, it takes her six hours and 40 minutes. But when we look at the distance between us here and Perth, we would say we're the same distance from Perth, wouldn't we? 
but when we look at, when we compare each other when we're the same distance from the beach, she's miles closer to the beach than I am. She's way, even though we're still the same distance apart. You see, when I compare myself to you around earthly things, we're miles apart. When I look at some of you, I go, why am I preaching and you sitting in the pews? You know, your life is full and rich. You know, look at Mr. and Mrs. Fuller, these guys who have been serving God for, for you know, hundreds of years, I've heard. <laughs> and I go, why, why is this kid up on the stage when this rich wisdom is sitting on the front row, you know, and, and encouraging me? And I go, you know, but then when we compare ourselves, when we both put ourselves before us and God, we're both just sinners saved by grace. When we compare ourselves to each other in regard to earthly matters, there's big gaps between us. When we compare ourselves with each other before the king of all kings, we're all the same. We're all just brothers and sisters serving the great God. How good is God? Is he good? Man, he's amazing. No, I think we just need to take a moment regularly just to say, wow, God, the fullers aren't that much better than me when, I, when we both compare ourselves to you. We can honour each other, can't we? We can honour each other on earth and we can aspire to, 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 um, to, to emulate some of the great things that we do. Like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, we can do those things. But, but for us to step from being related to being in relationship, the first thing we need to do is see, what's, see what we have in common. And what we have in common is we're just sinners saved by grace, by the great God. When you contemplate the wonder of grace that brings us in common, we must not differentiate between each other, but consider the gap between us and Christ. Jesus says in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. What are we mourning? We're mourning that there's so, that the gap between us and Christ is so big. Hey. If we mourn about the gap between us and other people, we're missing the point. If we mourn because your bank account's got more than mine, if we mourn because, because of, of you know, my health and your health or you know, your skill set and my skill set, you know, if we mourn about those things, we're missing the point. We need to mourn that God, you know, that he, is, he is on the throne and we mourn that we're so far. And when, we, when we're mourning in the right direction, he comforts us. He wants us to get focused on the right things. And when we're focused on the right things, then we as a body of believers around the world can come together. We don't, we don't mind if you're Anglican or if you're INC. We don't worry about if you're Uniting Church or Presbyterian. We don't worry about those things because we're all just sinners saved by grace. How good is God? So good. As we recognize and acknowledge who God is, automatically we're better equipped to love each other. When you get a picture of God, no longer does everyone else seem so high and low. Hey, we're all just sinners saved by grace. So the great adventure of life, you know, when I was 40, I climbed Kilimanjaro and it was a great adventure. We had a great time. We, we, we scaled the highest point in Africa. 
But you know what the great adventure is life? It's not going on an adventure overseas. We see those things. The greatest adventure in life is stepping over the threshold into your neighbor's house and sitting down at their table. That's where the adventure begins. There's no point climbing a mountain by yourself. You want to, you want to, you want to do things in relationship. Things are always better done in relationship than they are alone. In fact, you know, like Proverbs says, if we, if, we, if, we, if we isolate ourselves, we end up destroying ourselves. But relationships don't just appear. Just because you're related to someone doesn't mean you have rights in their life, doesn't mean you have relationship with them. We need to add it to our lives. We need to add it to, to who we are. And I think, the, I think one of the, the battles that we face today is, that the, is this concept of the common meal the shared common meal must be understood compared to the pressure of the modern version of hospitality I think this generation talks about food probably more than it ever has done in history but we don't talk about the common meal we take, we t- people take photos of their food now and they post them on the internet you know look what I had for breakfast or for lunch or for dinner but we don't we talk about food but we don't talk about the common table he says I want it to be less about the perfection of food I want it to be more about the perfecting of relationships the common meal isn't it interesting what we call having people over to our home for dinner now we call it entertaining I'm entertaining some guests are you, I think God's saying, I want you to stop entertaining your guests and begin having a common meal with each other and, and, and start to enjoy the relationship. He says, we can bring excellence to our food. Keep doing it. I enjoy the excellence that you bring to your food, especially around spaghetti bolognese. You know? Enjoy the excellence, but don't qualify yourself on, on having people into your home based on the excellence. Excellence is the gift we give. The common meal is the thing that we have together interesting that the food that Jesus had was either bread and wine or bread and fish they're the kind of the meals that that we saw well John the Baptist he had locusts and honey you can go to Wayne Jensen's for dinner and he'll serve some locusts and honey it's very simple meals The, blood, the, the, the bread and the wine, you know, it seemed to celebrate covenant. The, the bread and the fishes, it was always about abundance, wasn't it? There was always leftovers. God was saying, you know, depending on what type of meal, sometimes you celeb- when you're celebrating me, it's about the covenant that you have with me. When you're celebrating each other, it's about having enough for everybody. When you invite someone into your home or you enter someone else's home, a new level of trust is created. A new level. When we, take, when we go to people's houses now and we drag Arabella with us, we've got to put her down in someone's room. We, you know, we, we walk into their bedrooms and we set up a cot. You know, we're in their house. We're in the, we're in the deep parts of their house. And we're putting, you know, we're putting our children there to, to, to go to sleep. And I think you know, we, we establish a new level of trust when we go, and go into someone's home. And I think God is saying... It's risky business, but it's the business that we're in. Building relationships is risky business because what if I get hurt? What if I hurt? What if I'm not good enough? What if I make something? I tell you what, I'll invite you over for dinner once I've learned how to cook, once, I, once I've tidied my house, once I'm in a bigger house, once I've got a nicer car. I tell you what, I'll invite you over for dinner once I am worthy. That's what we're saying to each other. 
what makes you worthy to have dinner with, with someone? Sinner saved by grace. In fact, you don't even need to be saved by grace. You can just, I mean, Jesus, he was having dinner with the sinners, wasn't he? He was having, he was having dinner with everybody. I think we need to disrupt the burden of hospitality with the blessing of the common meal. How does that sound? Disrupt the burden. See, hospitality can be a burden. We had, the, uh, we had uh, one of our elders, the leeks, over for dinner the other night and we disrupted the burden of hospitality by asking them to bring the food. It was fantastic. Disrupt the burden of hospitality with the blessing of the common meal. This is, this is what God wants us to add to our lives right now. He wants us to step into what's next. He's saying, what's next in your life? He's saying, I want you to add brotherly kindness. And where can you begin that? You can begin that around the table. What robs us of brotherly kindness? Master chef. I like, you know, I, this, this, I think that this, this is the battle that we face. His excellence is fantastic. And I think God looks at when we bring the best that we have to, to the table, he says, thank you for giving me your best. This is an excuse to give your worst. This, this, is, this is don't make your excellence the reason that you gather. Don't make the excellence of what you can do the reason that you gather. Make your heart the reason that you can gather. When we sing, God doesn't, he's not so much interested in you reciting the words that somebody else wrote up on the screen. He's looking at your heart. That's why it doesn't matter, you know, for those of you who are upset when we sing, oh, 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 and you're going, what's the spiritual depth of that? You know, I understand the question, but what's God saying? I'm not even looking at those words. I'm looking directly at your heart, and I'm seeing either a heart of worship or not. So the groanings of your mouth can worship God as much as you reciting the words that are on the screen that somebody else wrote. God's looking for hearts that have something in common to bring glory to the King of all kings who has set us all free. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. common meal has this mandate and the mandate of the common meal is inclusivity. I want to encourage you this morning and I want to challenge you this morning to add this aspect of the kingdom to your lives. Look for ways that you can, that you can gather around simple things. Why don't you stand with me this morning? The longer, we're, the longer we're in church, the longer we serve God, the longer we spend time with each other, the, the, complexities, the complexities of our faith and the intricacies of what we learn can blind us to the simplicities of loving God and loving people. You see, when we gather around food and thank God for the blessing of that food, we're glorifying Him and building relationship with one another. This is the mandate that I believe that he's adding to his church right now. Step across the threshold 
the threshold, step through the doorway of your home and other people's homes and sit down at the table and have a meal. Celebrate the goodness of God together. When you're doing something great, when you're going for a run, or when, you're, when you're out in the beautiful creation that we see in Noosa, take a moment and glorify God. When you're sitting down at the table, eating your bread and your fish or whatever you're eating, take a moment and glorify God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your substance. We thank you that, you're, that you are a benevolent, loving, generous God. And we just lean into you this morning, Father. We lean into you for your, for your grace, Father, and for your truth. And we just, we just give you thanks and praise right now for all that you are and all that you've done and all that you continue to do. We thank you that you are at work in our hearts and in our lives, Lord, and we surrender afresh to you this morning. We surrender our lives, and as we consider loving our, our brothers and sisters more deeply and, and, and adding relationship to our lives, Lord, we ask that you would be in the midst of it. For each person here today, Lord, I ask that your blessing be upon them and that your peace be upon them. Some of you right now are thinking, I couldn't do that. I hear what you're saying, but I still couldn't do it. Lord, I ask that your peace be upon these lives. I ask, Father, that your, that your, your supernatural hand would touch the hearts of these lives and open, them, open their eyes to the possibilities of your kingdom and your hope. When God is before us, blessing, honor, courage, faith, favor, is also before us. Let's keep following God. Let's keep inviting our brothers and sisters into our homes and let's see him do a work around that commentary. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we, I just want to create an opportunity for you if you do not know Christ as your saviour. This, this is a, a moment for you to accept him into your life. To say, Lord, I need some brothers and sisters Lord, I want to accept that gift of eternal life that you have for me. I want to accept the love. I want to accept that gift that you gave when you sent your son on earth to die for my sins. If that's you this morning, why don't you raise your hand? I'd love to pray with you. Just one quick glance from the left to the right. Father, we glorify your name. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your truth. We thank you that, that you are a feasting God, a God who loves to celebrate life and family and, our, and the kingdom, Lord. And we just want to surrender to that. We want to celebrate with you. We want to celebrate with, with each other, Father. And we want to add relationship with our, to, our, to those we are, in, we are related to this morning. So we go full of your substance, led by your spirit, empowered by your truth and every day in your grace. And we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus right now and all of the church said together, Amen.